This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. is the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 5, Episode 32, as the New York Rangers have, for now, righted the ship as they get some key players back into the lineup. Uh, and, you know, the losing streak is finally over, but, you know, what does this entail for the rest of the season? Because there are certainly some things that need to be addressed, and, you know, Andy and I are here for it. So let, let's start this thing. Andy, I have to ask you, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. It's uh, crazy what a two-game winning streak can do for one's mood, and especially uh, when a few people are trying to get their mojo back, me included, after just coming into the new year. It's uh, much like the Rangers. It was a bit of a slower start for me uh, after finishing. I felt like I finished 2023 pretty strong. Uh Getting finding my footing in 2024 has been a little bit of a challenge, but I think it's getting it's getting better day by day, and it seems like that's the case with the Rangers too, especially after the the poor start they had. Yeah, and and you look at the New York Rangers over the past, you know, you know, just say 12 games, and they just really haven't been solid. And you know, obviously they've been riddled with injuries. They've you know, I think just cooled off and you know, found a way to just be ice cold when it comes to scoring goals. And, you know, they're not a perfect team uh, by any means, even when healthy. But, you know, really when they're asking players to kind of play out of their comfort zone, it really shows you that, you know, this this Rangers team is flawed. And um, I, th- I think the one question I, I really wanted to ask you, and I wanted to ask you on the podcast was, that, you know, even with these injuries, obviously, Hedl is still a question mark, but, you know, Capo came back, um, you know, Pitlick is, is coming back, and it's just one of those scenarios during the season that, you know, it, was this a good thing for Drury to see, you know, going into the trade deadline, you know, and, and having this happen, you know, bef- much before the deadline where things can be planned and addressed, and, you know, I just wanted to get your take on, you know, if this was actually, you know, hopefully it, it ended and we can start playing some over 500 hockey. But, you know, was this a good thing in, in reality? Honestly, it probably was. And I think even beyond the struggles, I just think having Kako out of the lineup for an extended period of time. So he had Wheeler up in that spot and just got to see firsthand that although Blake Wheeler, as we've seen, despite his age, uh, he still has more to offer in the National Hockey League in terms of, yes, he's not what he once was, but he still has the same veteran scoring smarts, which is good. Hence why, you know, he gets rewarded with a a nice tip and an empty net goal just off of uh, smart tracking by him. But it also shows him that, yeah, he's not, when Kako gets back and is healthy, he's got to go right back up with them, even though I took him off of that line earlier in the season because it wasn't it wasn't producing. So that in that might have been a blessing in disguise. And if if you look at Kako's game, he you know, his comments about coming back, he says that I wasn't happy with my game before this. I mean, obviously, Lafreniere's big breakout immediately makes Kako's struggles early look worse by comparison. But obviously, this team missed his game, his defensive game. It gave Drury a chance to basically see what this roster is without Capo Caco in it and just how one forward was hiding a lot of defensive flaws. It, it was kind of his ability to keep play going was basically making the Criders, the Banajad line, have any sort of dominance at five on five. You know what I mean? And without oh. him, they were horrible at five on five and have struggled to produce. And then also without him, it just shows that this team might also earlier in the season, we were just talking about how good defensively they looked this year and the details and how resilient and stingy they were and comfortable. Well, without Kako, that's slowly degraded over time. So having, especially now losing people like Pitlick and 
basically him seeing, oh, Nick Benino, I don't know how much longer he can be taking shifts in our lineup because there are guys you're going to be saddled with like Goudreau for better, for worse, has too big of a shadow on this team. You obviously hope. And I, I will say this. I thought Goudreau, he's t- finally taken the bucket, get off. I don't think he'll ever be what the Rangers ultimately thought they were getting. But at the same time, he's better than Benino. You know what I mean? So I, I just think, you know, now he can chew solid food. So hopefully it helps his performance. But yeah, I think he it I think it definitely helped Drury really key in on like, OK, my bottom six needs a shakeup. You know what I mean? You don't. who knows what's going to happen with Heedle. But now you have Kako back. At least the earlier returns for the first line are good. So now two of your lines are taken care of after only having one line for the last, what, month, of, you know, going in from the early December. So you got two lines taken care of. Now you got to shore up the third line. And it seems, at least for the time being, that that uh, that line of uh, Wheeler with Brodzinski and um, Cooley keep finding a way to produce. So that's good. Is that what it's ultimately going to be? I'm not so sure. There's no way they're going to put Wheeler in the fourth line. It's just not happening, unfortunately. But I, I think Wheeler can contribute on the third line. I just, I think you have to put players, you know, as as good as Brodzinski, well, I, I say good relatively, but as not egregiously noticeable as Brodzinski has been, I think you can upgrade that position, either with A, Heedle coming back, or B, a third line center you you target at the trade deadline and now you have three lines cooking you know what i mean so i think it's really helped him hone in on what needs to change on this team i i definitely agree with you and and with that i also think that if vc's on our fourth line that certainly makes them always a threat because he does find ways to create his own chances and yeah but playing with benino and goodrow is is it's, it's almost like handcuffing one of your hands behind your back trying to do that. Yeah, but if anything, you get rid of Benino and you move Brodzinski down and have Goodrow center those two, and I think you could have a line. Or true. but luckily Pitlick will come back and hopefully push Benino out of the lineup. I mean, you would hope, and then I don't know. I I just feel like you know for the New York Rangers to be successful, they need they need the third line to be able to score. I'm not so concerned about the fourth line because I think. We have enough "quote unquote" fourth line players. It's really beefing up the third line, and you know, I would hope. And again, this is a question I, I haven't even seen yet. But do you? I mean, do you think Drury knows if Heedle will be back this season or not? I mean, um, I'm not. Obviously, they're not going to say it to the public because they don't. You know, it's you know. Well, at least the fact that he's skating on the ice and working out in the weight room is a good sign. And everything that Heedle's putting out there seems pretty positive. I think, if anything, I could see Heedle wanting to come back before the Rangers are comfortable or ready to have him come back. I definitely could see that, for sure. Because, I'll say this, if they can just kind of float their their pace right now, A, for the cap implications, mm-hmm. imagine getting Heedle back for the playoffs. Yes. And then, especially if you give his his... Uh, you know, his brain time to heal and just so he can be fresh. You know what I mean? It's just, it just, and listen, it's a lot of teams have done it. They've turned, they've turned basically misfortune into fortune. You know what I mean? Well, it's like Tampa, Vegas, all of them. So just having his money, his cap hit essentially to be available for, to acquire a player and then you don't bring him, you bring him back. Obviously, the gamble is you have to get him up to speed in the playoffs, which is kind of hard to do. But I, that's a more than a worthwhile gamble, especially if you're going to give him third line minutes. He should crush third line minutes in the playoffs. Especially if you put him with Cooley and Wheeler, I think that trio, he, him and Cooley have some speed. And yes, Wheeler's slow, but he can that's okay. You have two guys and then you just, he just has to play support for those two. You know what I mean? And that's a line that can crash and bang with you. You know what I mean? And then you have a fourth line of hopefully Barkley Goodrow flips the switch, Jimmy VC and hell, maybe they find another, maybe Tyler Mott comes back. Although actually no Tampa should, uh, Tampa might make the playoffs. So 
So maybe not, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like if they, they can, maybe it, it is just Pitlick or, you know, whoever. Um, but yeah, the good yeah. news is at least next season, the Rangers are going to have a, a myriad of bottom six os- options between uh, Rempe and Alex uh, Belzeal or hell, even maybe Berard or Rothman, who knows, you know what I mean? So uh, that should next season that should be taken care of. But right now that's their glaring holes are really in their bottom six. Yeah. And, you know, again, I, I, we talk about this almost every podcast, but it is intriguing on like a team like the Rangers. And what are they going to do at the deadline? Because, you know, I, I think I think fans look at this team and they 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 want another star. I, I do think that's probably the, the gist and the aura, I think, around the Rangers is that they're they're missing, you know, a top six player. When in reality, I think they're missing a couple bottom six players because yeah. realistically, the stars are doing fine. I, I, like, you know, they don't show up every night, but for the most part, I mean, it's hard. It's we may have the second. Well, if you want to call them a second line, but like one of the best second lines in hockey is on the New York Rangers. And yeah, which might be the best line in hockey, period. Right. And then, I mean, on our team, they're clearly the number one line, but, you know, they they are uh, always going to take a backseat to Mika since he is our 1A, but they're 1C, excuse me. And, you know, again, I, you look at this team and, you know, the power playing special teams is always going to make or break us. I mean, we could do something special in the playoffs if our power play gets hot and our PK stays strong. Um, you know, our goal, our goaltending, I, I almost enjoy that it's like not bailing us out. And that, you know, what four game stretch that we had, it never bailed us out once. And that's good. I think, you know, that's it's, it's a positive because this can't be. I don't want goaltending masking our problems, and this can't be another year where we don't address any issues because, you know, our backup is, well, our goalies can bail us out. So we don't have to be perfect up front. You know, I want us to be a solid team, first line to fourth line. And, uh, you know, obviously our defense, I, I, I think, are fine. Um, Gustafson, you know, he got one the other night, so that's good for him, um, you know, contributing offensively. And that's exactly what you want him to do. But, you know, overall, it, it's our offense is, is, is going to make or break this season. It's not going to be our defense. It's not going to be our goaltending. It's going to be, you know, how consistent can we play up front and, you know, can we find a, you know, a balance of scoring? And I'm not saying, you know, the fourth and third line have to score just as much as the top two, but they, they got to steal games for us, especially in the playoffs. I mean, we see it time and time again, that these role players that just work their bag off, you know, every game, you know, have these magical moments in the playoffs because, you know, that there's just the effort and drive. And they're able to, you know, chip the puck in and score a lucky goal. And that's exactly how, you know, teams end up, you know, into the Stanley Cup finals and, and winning a Stanley Cup. So um, are there any rumblings? I haven't, again, I haven't looked. I mean, I, I don't even know which way's up with having two kids right now. Um, are there any rumblings on the rumor swirling on who the Rangers are looking at or? might be um you know no i think it's just been a lot of like this makes sense so the link um obviously we've heard a little bit about sean monahan who i particularly particularly he doesn't really do much for me i think although i'm glad he for this the the road he's had with injuries the past few seasons it's just i think he's a guy who i think is pretty effective on the power play. He's got good hands, but again, another guy that lacks foot speed, which is the last thing this Rangers team needs. And yeah, I just don't think he, yeah, I just don't think he's the type of player they need, honestly, even though he, he did really burn them in that gate Montreal game um, last week. So, but there hasn't, luckily there hasn't really been anything concrete about the Rangers. You know, obviously there's been scouts all over for different matchups, but it's kind of hard. I mean, you just have to imagine so many teams, at least in the East are still in it. You know, they're only like, um, it, it seems like every night there's just a new team in a playoff spot. Um, but you know, I think the only teams that are surely for sure out of it are, are Ottawa, Montreal, um, 
Columbus and, you know, the Sharks. So, <coughs> excuse me. Jeez Louise. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I haven't heard any. It, there doesn't seem to be any concrete rumors, but I'm sure Vince has some article somewhere where he's linking the Rangers to certain players and whether they would fit or not. Um, Calgary is interesting because they've really come on a lot stronger as of late. Um, are they? Where are they? I mean, although there's a lot of talk about Markstrom uh, being traded, right? So they're right outside of a playoff spot. It is not considering the way. Um, I mean, considering the way the LA Kings are playing right now, that they've lost what ten games in a row, they're right there. They're tied with Seattle for forty-seven points uh, in the West. With 44 games played, they're right behind the Predators who have two more points, 49 points at the same amount of games played. So it can happen. You know what I mean? They could make it, which would be pretty crazy. Yeah, I listen, nothing will surprise me. I mean, look at the Kraken. I mean, they won, what, 10 in a row or whatever. And, uh, you know, they struggled in the beginning of the season. And, you know, now that they've lost a couple in a row. So, you know, again, they're the West and the East. The wild card teams are going to, they really are like the, like it is the wild. It's like the wild West, you know, in terms of who's going to get the wild card in both the East and West, because I mean, look at these teams. I mean, Pittsburgh's fucking hanging around. Washington's still hanging around. Islanders are, you know, struggling as of late, but you know, they've lost three in a row, but they're, they're still in it. I mean, the New Jersey devils are, (laughs) I mean, I know they're losing now and I don't, I I do mean the laugh because I do think it's fun fucking hilarious that the devils are below the islanders and like slightly above the montreal canadians uh you know fighting the climb into contention i mean i i ultimately think the devils eventually slide up especially if jack hughes can stay healthy they slide up into a wild card spot but like detroit just keeps finding a way to you know win hockey games um and, and i think the biggest surprise in the east is the freaking philadelphia flyers where where the yeah. hell do they come off being, you know, 44 games played 54 points? You know, it makes you no got to put sense. some respect on Tort's name. I mean, obviously. Rumors of Sean Couturier's demise have been greatly exaggerated. Uh, he's had a rough go of it the last few years, but. They've the Flyers have drafted well, you know, I think. I think what they're getting in uh, Owen Tippett right now is pretty awesome. Yep. Um, you know, he's a guy, he's kind of reminds me of a Kreider and that he's a guy that's like all, all tools and the toolbox is in question, but every, I think he's just, his tools are so good that on a team that's all about just competing and working your bag off. I think that benefits him, you know, especially against with a taskmaster. It's just tr- for, instead of, more like heavy systems play. I think he's, he's a player that would probably get lost in that, but they're like skate the puck up the ice as fast, as hard as you can take shots on net back. Like just simple. It's like, it's just towards just pointing this kid in directions and telling him to go and it's working for him. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, and again, they, they kind of have the Vegas thing where everyone's like, yeah, you're the Flyers are going to suck this year. The Flyers are going to suck this year. And they all heard it. And they're like, well, fuck you, man. Like, Konechny is a hell of a player. God, I love that kid. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. He's on my fantasy team. <coughs> and he just uh, Every night he's doing something. It's yeah, he's like a he's kind of like a little March or so when you think about it. He's just um, well, younger March. So as March so gets, gets older and a little bit less effective. But, you know, he's a little bit of a rat. But he skates really well. He's got great hands and he's got sneaky skill, but he, he's he got grit to his game, too, which I'm sure Torts loves. You know, so um, and yeah, I mean, everyone, I think we all saw by now that there's whole thing about with everything with the Cutter Gauthier thing um, in that it's like, oh, you know, players don't want to play. And then meanwhile, chose a clip uh, from practice and they're doing conga lines in practice. And you're like, yeah, this is a team that's clearly is like hating life or hates yeah. being a, a flyer. You know what I mean? So, you know, I and I'll say this. A lot of credit goes to the Cutter Gauthier thing. I we don't really never know what will happen. It's probably a combination of not wanting to play for torts and the fact that I do, legitimately do think he was pissed that he was not able to burn a year off of his ELC and sign after his freshman year in college because 
the Flyers had yet to appoint a front office, so they weren't set up for that to happen. And he basically feels like he got fucked out of money, which I understand. You know, that's a, yeah. a year delay deferring what could have at least been that. That's like losing three million dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, which if, if he's going to be good, that's like losing three million dollars, which fucking sucks. And I would be mad, too. So I'm sure it's a combination of a lot of factors. You know, hell, maybe he just grew up fucking hating the Legion of Doom, although he's much he's not that old. So he just grew up hating Couturier and Giroux, I guess, you know, so. And I get that. Yeah. I mean, I, like, although I don't. Where, where is he from? He's a he's a he's a Boston guy, right? I believe so. Yeah. I you'd have to look that up, but I on we'll just go with Boston guy because that sounds like even like a Boston move. Whoa, this is saying he, he's Swedish. No, yeah, is it dual citizenship? Yeah, I think so. Hold on, okay, hold on. I got it. I didn't realize that. Uh, I just figured he was because uh, Gautier almost sounds like French Canadian, and he plays on you know, but um, yeah, but he. I don't know. I just felt like the link with Hayes. You know, you well, know yeah, the, it's like the, he's close to them. So I figured he'd be. Yeah, da, 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 da. part of the mat, the Boston College. Yes, it doesn't really say anything about where he grew up. It really just I'm sure I could find it somewhere. Uh, well, his he's the son of professional goalie Sean Gautier, who played for the San Jose Sharks. Oh, he was born during his father's playing stint in Sweden. OK, so his his old man, uh, so growing up, his favorite team was the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> I wonder who the Pittsburgh Penguins fucking hate. It might be the Philadelphia Flyers. So, yeah, uh, you know, so. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like and like, listen, obviously, it's easy to point this out now being, a, you know, a 35 year old New York Rangers fan. But if I was 18 and I remember being 18 and you told me I got drafted by the Devils or the Flyers. I I honestly wouldn't I'd be like pissed like yeah. I I definitely would have been I mean it don't, don't get me wrong it would have been cool to be drafted but like out of all the teams like the Devils or like you, you know, had, you would have rather been a Winnipeg Jet without a doubt of Winnipeg Jet before those two teams wow I mean now being like an adult and like looking at it like realistically it's like would you have rather been a, a Winnipeg Jet or you know a Philadelphia Flyer and it's like probably a flyer but but then i'm like then i have to have a soft spot for this organization my entire life and like feel like i have to like contribute back to them and like i don't want to do that and like like what man imagine having like wearing the orange and black like everywhere you go like your jersey's hanging up in your in your home when you're retired and just philadelphia shit everywhere i'd go nuts because like in like there's no changing like how much I love the New York Rangers. So I, to be on a team that like I couldn't stand growing up, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. Like a Andrew picture this, you played for the New Jersey devils, right? You play there for, you have a great career, you know, not a hall of fame career, but you have a great long career with them. Maybe you played like 13, 13 years. Like, are you comfortable hanging New Jersey devil stuff and your memories in your house. Like, it'd be weird. No? Yeah. I don't know. And then, like, your kids, you know, if you had kids, your family, like, it, everyone has to be now devil fans. Like, do you, is everyone just converting over? I don't know, man. I don't, I, I get it. If I get it, man. If he, this kid grew up in Pittsburgh and is a Pittsburgh Penguin fan. And he hated the the Flyers, and they burned him out of money. Like, yeah, I'd probably be just as pissed too. And I, and the more you read about the story, it has obviously nothing to do with Tortorella. So, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Am I crazy here? No. All right. I, I don't think so at all. I. Like I said, I probably if it happened to me, I would probably say all the right things, but definitely inside there would be some. And who knows, maybe with time, because that, that has happened to a bunch of players before where they've been drafted by their like childhood nemesis, you know, who made them cry. But then they like say, like, oh, well, now I'm a whatever. I'm a flyer, especially in Canada. I'm sure there's so many teams that get like drafted by the Habs or like, oh, I was a Maple Leafs fan or or or, or 
or a Toronto fan gets, you know, a Toronto kid gets drafted by the Bruins or whatever, you know, or the Islanders. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, definitely. But, uh, wow. We got away from our point. My point being yeah. <laughs> is that they're under, for the most part, everything that Keith Jones and Danny Briere have done have been good. And Danny Briere really put in the time to work his way up. He start. I remember him starting with the Rangers with the main mar- Well, mm-hmm. he had done some consulting works for teams before and had shadowed certain people for a few years in post retirement. And then he worked his way up. He was the, I think he was the GM of the main Mariners in the ECHL. And he did that for a bit and he learned every aspect of how to run that organization. And lo and behold, I think if you look at the, the flyers needed an identity uh, reset, they basically need to get back to being the flyers bold, which has been everything Every since they they last made the playoffs, every bit of promotional material about the f- Flyers, whether it was bringing the AV, everyone's like, we, you know, it's time to be a fucking Flyers again, trying to be the Flyers again, because it's all about this big, bad Flyers. But it's basically just saying be a, a, a not be a laughing stock of an organization as it's been there. Um, And look, they look like they're on the they're on the track back, whereas you look at uh, Ottawa continues to be a joke. Um. Th- the Columbus Blue Jackets continue to be a joke with now all this with with Merzlik yeah, Elvis, you know, yeah, Elvis and just the fact the that they cannot get organized people. People do not want to be in that organization. It started with Rick Nash, however many years ago. Uh, it's just, you know, but the Flyers, they they got the right people. You got it's about having the right. It's about it's basically you have to have someone who can keep have everyone keep the faith. You know what I mean? And just prove you're building towards something. So, and I think the teams like Columbus mistakenly thought, oh, we got Johnny Hockey. Like, that's what's going to do it. You know, we got a superstar or, or something. But it's about, it's about more than that. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a up top down thing. You know what I mean? So, uh, and, so yeah, I don't even yeah. Never remember what my original point was, but, uh, yeah, point being, yeah, the Flyers, uh, are for real, but I think it's not, Torch doesn't deserve all the credit. I think it's everyone in that organization, players coming, back from injury with something to prove towards himself, obviously for all the flack he gets. And, and then, yeah, Danny Breer and uh, Keith, uh, Keith Jones, they've done an excellent job. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now with code THPN. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for a gambling problem by calling 888 888- 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. You know, you, you, you look at teams just in the metro especially you know they they're taking advantage of an opportunity here where you know no one's crushing it you know the rangers obviously you know had a huge lead and now they wow devils tied it up in like two minutes come on all right i should have bet the devils when it was two nothing um that's on me if they win that game it's on it's my fault uh the you know they they're taking advantage because no nobody's really running home with it. The Rangers obviously had the opportunity to run home with it, but you see what a just a four game skid does. It's like it just immediately the gap closes because nobody else, you know, nobody else really loses. I mean, Flyers have won four in a row. You know, Carolina's seven two and one. They they've righted the ship and are slowly creeping up the standings. Um, you know, Detroit. You know, off to off to a good start. Floundered a little bit. Now back, you know, playing really good hockey, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, you know, you kind of expect a little bit more from them, but, you know, they're chugging along. I think they're one of those teams that are going to be, 
you know, right there at the end of the season and figure things out. And it's going to be a shit team to have to draw if you're, you know, uh, a division winner having to play a team like Tampa in the first round is going to be a nightmare because, you know, Vasilevsky, you know, if he's healthy, is obviously a pain in the ass to play against. And, you know, they have Kucherov when healthy is borderline, especially times that this year it was the best player in the league. So it's just, it's tough, man. It really is. Like, it, it, I almost, I almost think, like, winning your division this year might come back to, to haunt you. Only because the teams that are going to be in the wild card are going to be playing their best hockey going into the playoffs. And having to, you know, play those teams, especially if you're slumping and have a few injuries, it's going to be a fucking nightmare. So, um, if you, all right, Andy, let's we'll play a little game here. Looking at the standings right now, who do you think represents the East uh, for the wild card spots? Hmm, East for the wild card spots. Well, hmm. Um, I don't tough. think De- I don't think Detroit makes the playoffs. Okay, that's not happening. Do you think? I even think if things other, there other, they sell. What's up? Do you think they sell Kane? I, mean, I know he's they're... got no movement clause, but even if they're a wild card spot, do you think they still get rid of? Well, him he's only assets? got one year on that contract, right? Yeah. So he could just come back. So I don't know why he wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, they because they get nothing for him if he decides to say, you know what? I didn't. I was here. It didn't instill a lot of confidence that they're a year away. Right. So you you should. Yeah, I mean, I would, but I'm just curious. I don't know. I, I just unless unless uh, he really likes it there and he thinks they are that close and he says, you know what? We were really close. And he, once these kids are a year older, it will be better, especially if they get some of their prospects to step in. So I don't know. So maybe. Maybe but, he does. But, but here's but, the thing. Detroit. Mm-hmm. Detroit is better than Pittsburgh. I believe they're better than Washington. I think Islanders and Detroit are probably neck and neck with slight edge to Detroit. I feel like the Islanders are God tier awful. And if they didn't have Sorokin, they would just be, they would be, they would not be where they're at there. I mean, they're only they're. It's just, and you're I seeing it with him now. Off. He's just, he's just starting. They're so old and they're just, they, they give up the most, chances in the entire NHL in terms of expected goals. They're just, they get outshot every night. It's just, you know, yeah, they have some young, I think they have some players that know what to do. I think they're getting good seasons out of Barzell and Dobson, which really helped them, but, and they have a great goaltender. So I think they have enough pieces to keep them at float, but in terms of just the other, yeah, yeah, it's just, I don't think Islanders make the playoffs, but no, hell no, they're not making shit. Um, I mean, obviously the elephant is a rumor is when we can just say it here. Will the devils make the playoffs? They've only played, they could win this game tonight and then that'll put them at 40. That'll put them in the playoffs again. So devils are probably going to make the playoffs. I mean, yeah, they will. I mean, come on this. So the question is, I think Detroit's out. It's can Tampa keep this up? Right. They are Pittsburgh is only one has has played two less games and is only one uh two one point behind right now. So I guess the question is out of let's say the Devils they make it they're not they might not catch the top three teams or maybe they do who knows but um let's say the Devils are one of those wild card teams. Uh, who would who do you think makes a second? Does Tampa hold on to this spot, or do you think? Pittsburgh or Washington pulls off, uh, you know, pulls off the Hail Mary. Washington, I don't believe in. I think they st- like Washington stinks. They, the yeah, fact they really that stink. they've won 21 games is unbelievable. Like their offense obviously stinks. You know, everyone says that Lindgren's bailing them out. And I do. I mean, he goalie the Rangers. <laughs> yeah. What the, I mean, Jesus, you know, take a, take a number on that one. I mean, everyone in the fucking league who's a backup, or, you know, That's a rookie true. goaltender always has a fucking, you know, career night. Um, 
there, I just, there's no part of the Washington Capitals where I'm like, man, they got a fucking, I got a tough team. Like the Islanders, you're like, they fucking stole a game, Sorokin. It's like, are we really going to say Lindgren the, is the key piece that's going to like lift the, the Washington Capitals into the playoffs? Like that's crazy talk. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he's a good goalie. And I think if you throw him on a team like the New Jersey Devils, you know, he, he might fucking be the difference maker. But I, I just can't see him catapulting Washington into the playoffs. Not, not, they're not better than Tampa. They're not better than Detroit. Then they're not better than the Devils. So as far as I'm concerned, these, these teams need to go, just go away. Same with Pittsburgh. I don't even want to talk about Pittsburgh because I, I just, I can't stand them. They're always in the mix, no matter how old their stars are, no matter what their team looks like. It's just, it's nauseating to me. But uh, ultimately, Andy, if you had to give me two teams, if I had to give you two teams, I think the New Jersey Devils, without a doubt, and they might even climb up into the top three. Mm -hmm. But I would say the New Jersey Devils and um, I'm going to say it, man. I'm going to say Detroit. All right. Over Tampa. (laughs) Only because the one thing, like, as much as I, I like Tampa, I just feel like they're almost due just to like really fuck like fuck up the season, you know. Like they've done so much, like they're uh, they're bound to have like just a shit year, which is nothing goes their way. Yeah. Well, here's a question: Do we know what the deal with Kane's injury is that he sustained? <coughs> I, I I have no idea. I think the only thing they they think is that it's not related to the hip, which is a good sign. Yeah, but you know how the NHL is—they only do upper body, lower body. I, That's listen, true. and uh, but even without Keen, I do think you know, <coughs> I do think they could be a playoff team even without Keen. You know, I don't know, but um, yeah. So if you had to put money on it, you'd say, would you say Ta- Tampa and New Jersey, or are you go in Detroit? New Jersey. I'm gonna and say you, uh, I'm gonna say Tampa and New Jersey only because okay. I think I don't think you have a season like Nikita Kucherov is having and your team misses the playoffs. That's that's just that's just a vibe thing. Oh no, I agree with you. You know, yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Uh, I see where you're saying. Uh, I'm. I just think you know Detroit. I don't know. I just I feel like they might figure things out this year and sneak into the playoffs. Um. Sorry, some some dude is absolutely yeah, going hand, laying on his horn outside my window. I have no idea what's right. going my, on here. My baby was crying before. I didn't know if anyone could hear that, but um, <laughs> yeah. So I, again, um, you got anything else? I mean, do you want to? Um, you know, not really. I guess the only thing we didn't really get to talk about because we've been uh, we've been like two ships passing in the night recently is uh, oh, yeah. they. They released the uh, jerseys for the NHL All-Star game, and I wanted to get your... I think I, I briefly made my thoughts known on our last podcast, so I just want to get your thoughts on it. How are you feeling about it? Uh, initially, uh, I'm going to pull them up again, because initially when I saw them, I, I'm, they, were not for, they were not for me. I'm not a fan of the stri- like stripes going down sleeves. That really, really bugs me. And I don't like the stars like around the logo, the NHL logo. If you told me, get rid of the big star, get rid of the little stars, do horizontal striping on it. And maybe, and like, I think you even said maybe like stars on the sleeve or something without the stripes. I would actually be fine, like fine with it. It's just I feel like it's too much. I feel the front of the jersey is too much, and I don't like I don't like I don't like the uh, you know the stripes down the, the I don't like it on any jersey, not just like these in particular. I don't like stripes going down. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I think I ultimately liked them. I will say, what were they last year? That is a very good question. Twenty. Did they throw it back to NHL the East, Eastern Conference? Um. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Last year they were the throwbacks that were like those crazy uh, neon colors. It was like Miami Vice colors on the like the classic uh, jerseys. Yes. Yeah. So obviously the classic jerseys are a win. Although the fact that they went with those two that like color scheme was kind of strange. Because obviously that's an iconic design. Yeah. But when you reduce it to just black and white, whereas I think the whole fun of the early ones is that you had like purple or blue, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I think in that sense, it was a little weird, but, um, but yeah, no, but, uh, obviously that's a classic Jersey design, but they, you know, so, but in terms of an original design, the NHL's had, and then I believe what the year before they had a, basically the one the year before it looked like a practice Jersey, I think. Yeah. It was literally like the NHL shield, boring colors, random stripes in the arm sleeves. It, it was just, they looked like practice jerseys. They were just boring. So listen, I mean, say what you will about, um, say what you will about, uh, the, you know, Dr- house of drew Bieber clothing brand element of it all. And, and like the style, but it has, a, it has a point of view. It might not even necessarily be your point of view or my point of view, but it's a point of view. And I honestly, I kind of like the Nickelodeon-esque aspect of it. I agree with you wholeheartedly that the, um, uh, who the hell is this dangling around for, for, uh, Montreal? Um, sorry, but I, I, that the whole, uh, the, um, like the striping on the sleeves is kind of weird and it's like, why have a practice Jersey-esque flair touch like that instead of just, they just continue those big goofy ass stars that are already on the Jersey, just put those up and down the sleeves and then it looks more cohesive and looks less like that. So, so yeah. I also wish because it's Toronto this year. I almost wish they did like a, I don't know, a little, little nod to Toronto or something, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they would have done, but I feel like the only nod they did was allow Justin Bieber, I guess, designed them. Is that what well, they did? Yeah, his clothing, his clothing his brand clo- designed them or whatever, okay. Drew, whatever that's called. Right. Um, well, then this all kind of makes sense then. Yeah, but again, I lo- you know, it just it has a it has personality, clearly. And it has it's point not of view. the worst. No, it's, it's not. not it's worst. not definitely not the best. It's not like a, you know, and up. I was looking at some comments online. Apparently people feel way different about some of the, the, some of the shittier jerseys uh, for the NHL all-star game, like years for the Columbus one years ago, that like got awful black and like neon green that everyone had was oh awful. the highlighter one. Yeah, that was awful. And people really seem to like that one. I think I saw something that's like, you know, look at the, like the best jerseys, NHL all-star jerseys ever. And that was on there and I couldn't believe it. I was like, that was, you know, I think the last one I kind of liked was when the Nashville one game was kind of cool. I got I, I know it's hard to remember yeah. them all, but yeah, it's just I think it's just one of those things where. um, Yeah, they just they have to be unique for the game. They cannot just look like a practice jersey because that's an instant. Like fail for me, if that's what that looks like. Um. It's, yeah. yeah, it just it has to have some semblance of of uniqueness to it. Oh, you got to be kidding me! The fucking athletic blocking me out. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm with. I'm now. I'm going to like. I'm. You're in the rabbit this hole. Isn't, yeah, this isn't healthy for the podcast. Where I'm going with this. But is this um, jersey related? Or is this uh, player? The related? 2004 Minnesota all-star game that's that's a fucking all-star jersey yeah the 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 green it was it's just like with the western and eastern going down oh yeah Uh, just fantastic like that that's what i like um last year 2023 nhl all-star game jersey that wasn't that wasn't bad i like those better than i do this year i know the you know it's just tough because I'm I also am a sicko where I enjoy 
two, two like two tone jerseys. Like I love Toronto. I love Detroit. You know, I love like you know Michigan State. You know, has the green and white. Like I enjoy that. I think like the simpler the better. Um, and I do think like your color scheme is important. Like red, white, and blue obviously goes great together. Uh, red, black, and white, you know, goes good together. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of any team that has yellow. I don't think yellow is a very, like, it doesn't go well with it really. I don't know. It just doesn't really seem to go well with anything. I know black and yellow with Pittsburgh, but you know, it just, to me, I don't like that. I'm very happy that none of my teams like have yellow in it, but yeah, that's near near there. Like I said, I'm going down a really bad rabbit hole right now. And I feel like we're towards the end of this podcast. So, you know, it's funny. They never tried weirdly is just pick like a random color scheme. Like, and every team's Jersey is their normal home Jersey, but like literally morphed into that color scheme. So no matter what, everyone's wearing the same colors, but it's almost like their Jersey got like dipped in a different, it's like if you you're in Zelda and you want to dye your, your tunic or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it still looks like the Rangers jersey, but imagine, I know this sounds like sacrilege, but you pick a color that like nobody is, you know what I mean? Like pick a weird, weird in between uh, purple or green or orange or some crazy color. And then it's just like, look, it's the Rangers jersey, but it's like highlighter orange. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Or the Islanders. And, and then obviously you'll have lighter parts for if you know when if there's contrast on said jerseys but yeah i think that'd be cool that way everyone you can get your team's jer- like all-star variant of the jersey you know what i mean instead of just being your team's jersey is the all-star jersey with a little patch with your team logo on it i think that would be cool and i think that would sell like hotcakes so but that's just me what i think they should do mm-hmm. and you know i, I just in my th- brain realizing it the team that wins your division you use their color scheme for the mm. all-star game. I mean, you'd see a, it, yeah, it would be really brutal having to watch Panarin, you know, or like Panarin in like devil's colors or or Islanders color or vice versa. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the, like make the jersey. Like Jack Hughes had but... to wear like, you know, Rangers blue and white and red. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I just threw that out there. No, I, I listen, I get it. I think that there are no bad ideas here. This is just these are like, ideas. It's a which color is better scheme, with so it's like better. It's, yeah, it's better with what they usually come up with, which is just nothing. It's more like a weird. But there have been some good ones. I do. I did really like the one. Um, I forget which year it was. Was maybe it was when it was in Ottawa. I thought those were pretty sick. I think um, they had like thin stripes, and one was like white, and one was like a burgundy. I thought those were cool. So. Now I'm just just reminiscing about random ass all star jerseys, even though the all star game has arguably never been good or, you know, even that's the weird thing. It's like even in my childhood, it's like the all star game. And then I'm like, do I honestly ever obviously that like when I was a kid and the the year that the Rangers had uh, Richter, Messier, Leach and Graves all in the all star game, like is like the basically the peak highlight of my childhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but that being said, it's like, do I did, have I ever enjoyed the all like genuinely thought like this is awesome? I don't think so. I, I don't think enjoy I, the skills competition. And yeah, I just I feel like I used to old game. I feel like I used to. And it's just they've with the recent years just trying to. Well, they're trying way too hard to make it like, yeah, like the fountain things and ring toss and all this stuff. And obviously you're always going to like hardest shot. You're always going to like fastest shooting accuracy. That's that's timeless. It's ephemeral. You can never go wrong with that. But yeah, it's just breakaway contest. Like, I I mean, it, it would be very cool if they had like like a legends edition where it's like you have to do hardest shot versus I know now he's probably too old, but at the time you could, or now you could do against Chara comes out of retirement. You know what I mean? Or you have to do like the passing accuracy challenge and all of a sudden it's like, Holy shit. That's uh, Alex Semen. What is he doing here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like Ilya Kovalchuk just like steps out of the smoke and you're like, Oh shit. You don't tell anybody. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that you you could do. 
it's just I don't know. They they made it. They turned it into a show, and that's that's that. It's gone. It's and I understand. You know, it's it's for kids. Like me being, you know, an adult, I don't really need. I don't really need to see the NHL All Stars like perform these tasks. Although, even though I know it's like, you know, it, it's the coolest part of what the All Star Game is kind of about is watching you know the best players in the world do like the most simplest hockey acts. But like I I know what's like for the kids, so they're gonna have the blind. I'm gonna throw a blindfold and go on a breakaway, and the goalie is just gonna stay in there and let the, let the puck go through the five hole, or they're gonna wheel out someone's yeah. kid, you know, to go down and take a shot. Like I get it's you gotta just accept it for what it is. It's like no one, yeah. they're not taking it serious. So like, yeah. what's the point? Yeah, and every now and then there was a a, a cool moment, like obviously when Zegris did that, that blind fold move with the average Joe's Jersey a few years ago, that was cool. Cause that took a crazy yes. skill and you're just like, all right, like that's awesome. But then like the props gimmick that was big for a while where Ovechkin has all the American flags and, you know, two sticks. And it's just like, that sort of stuff is stupid, but right. Um, but yeah, it just, I think obviously if, if the core linchpin of it is that, it's someone displaying what makes them an all-star or highly skilled, whether it's their hands or their speed or their, yeah, their accuracy or their passing ability, whatever. Like that's when it's good. So again, I think they just need to double down on that and just try to create more drama and intrigue around that. So, you know what I mean? I, I do. I do. But, uh, all right. How about we wrap it up here? And uh, I'll let you uh, finish things off. Yeah. So luckily, the New York Rangers seem to have found themselves uh, back on a winning streak. They've lost a lot of ground in terms of their chokehold on the Metropolitan Division. But they seem to be back. You know, they've kind of gotten seemed to get their feet back under them. A lot of that credit goes to Capococco getting healthy. And say what you will about this team. It's easy to be doom and gloom and, and look at their faults and all this, but you can obviously see that when they're performing their best when they're not. Igor's rounding into form, which is a great sign. And yeah, I think for all the warts that this team has, I still think it's a good hockey team. It's a flawed hockey team, but again, so are most of the other teams in the National Hockey League, save for, you know, a select few. So yeah, I mean, we just have to hope that the Rangers do what the hardest thing for every team to do is be honest with themselves about what where they're good and where there's room for improvement thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on x at broadway boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on apple spotify soundcloud or wherever you listen to your podcasts you're listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockeypodnet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.